Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Sunday Scaries podcast brought to you by Chevy, DoorDash, NFL Sunday Ticket, and Bet Online. I'm your co-host, Cody Dark, joined for another in-person edition of the podcast, my brother, Tyler Dark. Tyler, how you doing? Doing well. Um, this has been a lot of in-person podcasts the last couple of weeks, so I am glad we'll go back to our separate uh, time zones. It's been a tough adjustment, but you know, nice to get this last one in there. Yeah, you are battling through the central time zone. It's going on two weeks here. How are you doing? Not well. I uh, I need to be back in my home time zone, still waking up early, not knowing where I am. So it's been tough. 
Well, thank you. I'm sure our listeners appreciate you battling through uh, all these things uh, for us. But Tyler, we're officially in September, which is pretty crazy here. And we have an insane month of sports ahead of us. We have the NBA playoffs in full swing, which we'll get to. Major League Baseball wrapping up NHL for all those hockey fans out there. We had the Kentucky Derby yesterday. We've had some college football starting to trickle in. And now We've we've arrived. We have the NHL. Oh, we have the NFL this week. I know. A week from today will be the first full NFL slate. It's it still feels too good to be true. Um, hopefully, everything you know with COVID and all of that stays okay. I'm trying to remain optimistic, and I'm excited. Chiefs Texans open up on Thursday night, and then we have the fo- first full slate of games that Sunday, and it's really good. There's a lot of good games. Yeah, it's it's crazy that it's already here. We're going to dive into all that um, with Mike Randall, uh, our guest. He's at the Action Network. He also has a podcast through Blue Wire and uh, Rotoviz, where he focuses on fantasy football. So we're going to get into some team totals we like, uh, divisional picks, MVP, all that good stuff. But before we cut to the interview, we want to talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs, which the, la- the last few days have been insane. I mean, the last week or so, I'll say. So we're recording Sunday night here ahead of the Lakers um, Rockets game two the Bucks stayed alive today but Tyler the Heat have really dominated and look like the better team for the better part of that series and I mean Vegas has essentially kept the line going into today at about five points uh, for the Bucks and the Heat continued to just win outright yeah I um, you know I didn't want to overreact to the seeding games with the Bucks I didn't think they looked impressive in the seeding games in Orlando. So it was trying not to overreact too much, but we've kind of seen it play out in this series where you can kind of contain Giannis. If you build that wall, it sounds silly to say, but that's kind of the strategy where his jump shot just isn't there. Boonholzer's rotations and substitution patterns haven't made any sense. Giannis has, I mean, he got hurt today, but the other three games, he hasn't played over 40 minutes. That makes no sense. He's treating this like it's a regular season game in January. This is the playoffs. You have to play your best guys in crunch time. In game three, they got outscored uh, 40 to 13 in the fourth quarter, and this is supposed to be the best team in the league, and you have Giannis sitting on the bench. It makes no sense. Um, You know, it's a gritty win today. I keep seeing people give them a ton of credit on Twitter for it. I don't really get why. I know Giannis got hurt, but you're still the number one seed and you're about to get swept. I don't think people should be patting you on the back that much. I think the Heat will close it out in game five. It seems like Giannis probably won't play. I think he left the game with a boot on his foot. So I, th- I think the Bucks are done and the Heat have been, you know, just super impressive. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of the Eastern Conference uh, bracket, OG Ananubi, our guy from IU, single-handedly saves the Raptor season. They're down 2-0, um, and they're losing by two late in that game, and he hits a three uh, from the wing from the wing for the win there. And then they go on to win yesterday as well. So that series is knotted up at two apiece. And just looking at the lines now, they play Monday night at 630. Uh, Celtics are still one point favorite in that one. But I don't know. I think the the Raptors have done a good job guarding Tatum. I like, again, we've been beating the Raptors drum for a while now that they're just a rock-solid team, and they may not have the top-line superstar that some of these other teams have, but they're so well-coached under Nick Nurse. They have the depth, 
and they've been there before. So they, they aren't really phased by these moments. OG Anubi hits a three, and similar to what we saw at IU, the guys, no, no reaction at all. An awesome walk-off there. And um, But I don't know. I think I'm, I still like the Raptors in that series. Are you are you in agreement, or you're, you're nodding your head here? Yeah, I think the momentum has definitely swung back to Toronto. It feels like the Celtics have outplayed them in every game, honestly. You know, the Raptors were literally on their last leg in that game three. OG hits a crazy shot, gives them life. They come back, win yesterday to tie it up at two. And I know Taco Falls eight feet tall and he has super long arms, but to bring him in off the bench, not playing at all, I, I hated that move from Brad Stevens. Um, in that situation, put, um, what's his name, Inez Kanner, at least he's played in the game. Um, I, I hated bringing in Taco Fall, called off the bench. You give the Raptors life. They win again yesterday, a close game. It, it, it feels like Boston has been the better team, though, and they have to be kicking themselves at. It's tied at two because if they don't win that game three, I think this ends in a sweep, honestly. Um, yesterday, Jalen Brown won four of 18 from the field. Kemba Walker's only four of nine. So those guys need to give more. Tatum played well yesterday, but he hasn't been super consistent in, in the last 10 quarters of this series, the or the, the past six quarters of this series, the Raptors are shooting 40% from three, so they're starting to get some more confidence. Again, it feels like the Celtics are the better team, but the Raptors just have that championship medal from last year and are finding different ways to win. So I do like them as I think the momentum has just kind of shifted over to them. Mm-hmm. And then the Lakers, we'll, we'll address that I think next week. We'll see where where that lands. I still feel fairly confident in terms of them being able to uh, figure out the Rockets. Um, and hopefully Anthony Davis does enough there. Uh, but I want to talk about this Nuggets-Clippers series. I still think the Clippers probably are the team that won it all, but they're so Jekyll and Hyde as are, we're finding out most of these teams in the bubble, not name the Heat, it seems like. Um, the Nuggets have enough yesterday. They win Jamal Murray 27 points um, and kind of a lackluster effort by the Clippers. This final score is deceiving. They're up by, uh, they they come out and they punch Clippers in the mouth. They're up 19 points at the end of the first quarter and they kind of do enough to keep them away. The Clippers are nine and a half point uh, favorites tomorrow night or Monday night. I still I still see the Clippers probably winning this one and I don't know, gentlemen sweeping five. Do you see any reason to uh, get off that bandwagon? Now, I wouldn't be super concerned in this series, particularly for the Clippers. I, th- I think they're the much better team. And as we've seen all season with them and in the bubble, they just, they're super Jekyll and Hyde. They're laser focused in game one, it seems. And then this game, game two, they, they don't really care that much. Kawhi was really bad, 4-17 from the field. I don't expect him to continue that way. What I would be concerned with the Clippers moving forward if they play the Lakers or Houston in the conference finals, assuming they still get there, that you can't really be Jekyll and Hyde versus those two teams. I think they're a step up from um, the Mavericks, who they've already played in Denver they're playing now. You can't be that Jekyll and Hyde, and they act like a team that's won it all before. The, you know, Golden State the last couple of years was kind of like this, but they had, they had won back-to-back championships. The Heat with LeBron and D. Wade would take a couple games off, it felt like. But again, they won championships. When you haven't won a championship as a group, you can't do that. So that continues to worry me. I don't think that'll happen versus Denver. But if they play the Lakers, they play Lakers or Houston, I don't think they could have that luxury of taking off. So it's just keeping them in- intrigued, but we'll see. Yeah, we, sh- we shall see what happens. Um, but let's, yeah, let's kick it to this interview with Mike. 
talking NFL, and and we will be back. We're back on our two week schedule now, Tyler. We'll be back with a pick 'em pod probably probably Thursday morning. We'll put that out with some of our picks for week one of the NFL. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to get the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurant like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Wow. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Okay, Tyler and I are very excited to welcome on the Full Slate Airwaves, Mike Randall, writer at the Action Network and host of the Road of His Fantasy Football Mailbag. Mike, thanks for joining us tonight. How are you doing? Guys, I'm doing very well because it's Sunday and we have NFL football in four days. So there is nothing that could put me in a bad mood right now. Yeah, absolutely not. So, Mike, you do a lot in the fantasy football betting space. Um, so want to tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you kind of got started in this world. Well, the beauty of getting started in fantasy football, I love telling the story. My first article ever, which was for Last Word on Pro Football, which I still write for, was why Ezekiel Elliott would not be a good selection in his rookie season in fantasy football, how he would underachieve. <laughs> so completely wrong with that. I think he was the RB2 that year, something like that. But yeah, just like everyone else, love football, also love college basketball. The season sort of line up there. So I found some opportunities online. I went out, I volunteered, I didn't get paid for a while, but picked up some things along the way, made a lot of great connections, and now hosting the weekly fantasy football mailbag on Rotoviz, which is here on Blue Wire as well, which is fantastic. Uh, and of course, writing for Action Network, which has been amazing. So doing a bunch of things, last word on pro football, also contribute and also was the editor of the uh, Roto Underworld, uh, world famous in quotes, draft kit. So just trying to stay busy, filling in the passion that we love and uh, enjoying it every step of the way. Yeah, that's a lot. Do you ever sleep? Yeah, I, oh, I have a very understanding wife. That is first and foremost. <laughs> I have two children that are completely insane. Uh, but yeah, it, it's all about scheduling and balance. And, you know, when you see opportunities, you should take them. And as long as you can open your schedule a little bit and, and get interviews and get deadlines done, it's worthwhile. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And kind of wanted to get your perspective on being in, you know, the fantasy space and gambling. Cody and I were on the beach today and we saw a plane, you know, go by with one of those banners and it was a DraftKings ad for the Chiefs uh, Texans Thursday night game. What's kind of your thought process on how gambling, you know, it's become legalized in 2018, you being at Action Network, obviously that's beneficial. What's kind of your viewpoint on how the industry has changed the last couple of years and where it's going? 
the beauty of the industry change is that now gambling isn't taboo anymore. People used to say that they were gambling. It had that like negative background, like, you know, like the thriller video zombies come up like, oh, wait, did you say you're gambling? You can't do that. But now that it's been legalized and it's almost accepted now mainstream in so many different ways, the doors have opened up in terms of articles and strategy and you know, talking about finding the best juice, finding the best line. So the fact that it's now mainstream and it's so such a part of the everyday vernacular makes it so much easier to actually put out content because there's so many more opportunities. So I was doing picks online for college basketball and I was doing this thing where I called it uh, the bank game, where I would say, go to the bank, take out all your money. Here's my rationale. And I was super hot. Uh, with that, I put in the gif of of the guy pushing all in there with his chips and kind of went from there and opened up some opportunities at Action Network. And to anyone out there, if you get a chance to write, just do it. it, it don't worry about getting paid right away. That will come. And so it just honestly doesn't even feel like work at this point. And it's it's been a lot of fun just analyzing things for for different sites. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Before we get into football stuff, I have to ask, since you're a big college basketball guy, have you gotten over the fact that we just didn't have March Madness this year? I think sometimes I forget in everything that's happened in the past, say, six six or so months here, but it, it still it feels empty. Tyler and I both went to IU. Uh, we were we were basically the last game in the Big Ten that happened, so I wanted to get, get your take and how you're doing, just as a general you know, therapy session, if you need us, Mike. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'll lay on the couch here. All of <laughs> <laughs> this started guys because once we got out of college my two close friends and I decided that we wanted to try to come up with with definite you know appointment get together no matter what as we get older and we find wives and have kids you know want to make those dates special so one of them was March Madness which we always get together for every single year and based on that you know, this it, it's something we look forward to all the time. We take off the Thursday. We go to the local tavern. Uh, they know us by name. They go happy anniversary every time we walk in. And it was really frustrating not having March Madness this year because I think it's the best sporting event around. Super Bowl's fantastic, obviously. <laughs> but that one and done elimination tournament with all the kids still college, you know, still at that level, not professionals. It's amazing. And I, I missed it. And I, I think it'll be back. There's no doubt in my mind it's going to be back this year. They may have to wait until after January. I heard I saw some lawyer out there on social media talked about how they've trademarked Battle of the Bubbles. So I think mm -hmm. that that's definitely coming. So it'll be back. But I really missed it this year. That was that was devastating. Yeah, we, we need that positivity. I, I can't do another year of no March Madness. They had there's some Twitter account early on in the quarantine that was doing a simulation of the bracket and yep. IU actually made the Elite Eight. So Cody oh. and I are kind of holding to that, that we're returning a, an Elite Eight team. But we have the NFL starting up on Thursday as yet as we talked about. What's kind of your thoughts going into it from a gambling perspective as how you're going to handle handicapping, you know, a lot of these teams aren't going to have fans in the stadium, at least at the beginning. How, how are you kind of looking at that? Well, the first thing is is you touched on it, having no fans. So the home field advantage, I think, is is minimized. I'm curious to see how the over-unders are going to go with the short preseason and to, to see because typically the offenses need time to click. So everyone likes to bet the overs, right? You don't want to bet against something. But there's so many more outs for the unders, whether you're talking about season long or even your, your over-under point totals in what could happen, injury, things like that. So I'm curious to see how the underdogs are going to do in week one. Curious about the over-unders. And I want to see if the teams that we think are dominant are going to continue to dominate. Like uh, uh, the way the line looks, right? Kansas City should come out and pound Houston. 
I mean, that the, the Texan defense is not good. Kansas City should light up the sky, Mahomes, the whole thing. I'm just curious. I want to see because something weird is going to happen. Something's going to happen that doesn't make any sense. I remember a few years ago, way back when they had the Legion of Boom in Seattle, they went back into St. Louis in the opening game and it was like 35 31. You know, everybody expected Seattle just to roll them. So that's what I'm looking forward to to, to see what we got right, what we got wrong, who the outliers are, and how it's going to be with no fans in the stands. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone's kind of going into the season with continuity top of mind right are they returning how many starters are coming back is the head coach there coordinators leaving things like that just to see how much that actually has an impact but uh before mike before we get to some nfl futures that we're going to give out you're a big fantasy football guy so i have two questions for you one how often do people just kind of come up to you knowing what you do and and start unpromptedly uh talking to you about their recent fantasy football draft and how good their team is and then second, after that, uh, just some uh, maybe three to five sleepers you like this year, just as uh, I think many of our listeners probably have drafts this week and maybe even some of the podcast hosts. Yeah, some of the a lot of people slide into the DMs and ask questions, and that totally doesn't bother me whatsoever. And I try to answer as many as I can. It happens all the time. What I also get, guys, which is hilarious, is a couple of years ago, somebody walked up to me in a restaurant and they're talking to me and they go, you know, what do you think of Gronkowski this year? I think I like Gronkowski. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all, we all like, this is like four years ago. Yeah, we all like Kukowski. That's It's really great. You know, I like Patrick Mahomes this year too. You know, but the guy looked at me like with this serious look where it was uncomfortably long. Like I was supposed to say something prophetic. Yeah, um, something groundbreaking on that. As far as sleepers, I, I'm looking, I, I am going to go robust RB. That's what I usually like to do, especially this year. And so the guys I'm looking for tend to be the running backs late that I think can really pop because usually I'm going RBs early. Then running uh, wide receivers in the middle and then late RB. So a couple of guys that I really like, I love Zach Moss and Buffalo and Buffalo is going to be a theme where we talk here, guys, because I think they're very undervalued by the market. So I love Zach Moss. I think he's going to be Frank Gore, except he has receiving ability on a Buffalo team that I think is going to be very, very good. I don't buy into Kenyon Drake being a 16-game running back, so I also really like Chase Edmonds. He had that amazing game against the Giants last year where he was fantastic for those you know, three-touchdown three game that he had there. So I like him a lot. And I'm still staying on board with a guy like a Duke Johnson. I We've loved Duke Johnson, the fantasy guys. He has all the metrics. He's super efficient. I like David Johnson also. But I think Duke, at his value here, he's going very, very late. You can pick up some nice point-per-reception totals there. So I, I like the running backs late that have huge upside because you don't put a lot of value in the pick. But if they hit, they're going to hit really big. Yeah, Ken, seeing Kenyon Drake as kind of like a top 10 fantasy guy is pretty wild to me, um, considering where he was at the beginning of last year. What are your thoughts on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on the Chiefs? He's going first round in a lot of drafts as well. I haven't been a big Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, guy early on, but you know it's about the landing spot. And although Darrell Williams is the backup, I just don't have a lot of faith that that's going to be something that's going to end up being... Uh, tremendous for them. So I think he's fine. I think he's super safe. I think his ceiling is high. So I actually like Clyde Edwards earlier. I did not like him coming into the NFL. Only had the one season in LSU, but I can't deny the fact that he's in a fantastic spot and can really perform big time here. So I find myself, if it's getting to late in the first round, I have no problem taking him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Going into that offense with Mahomes, Andy Reid, all the weapons they have on the outside, it's 
an absolute jackpot for him as a rookie. Yep. Um, so I'm I'm hoping to get a little stock in him uh, as as the fantasy season kicks off. Um, and then even on the opposite side of coins, so sleepers and maybe a couple busts, guys that are going high in drafts that you're uh, you're cautioning people to stay away from. Guys, I have done projections for every single team. I do not see how DeAndre Hopkins is a wide receiver one. I just don't see it. And people are going to oh, say, geez. well, wait, I'm, people are going to say, well, wait a minute. He's performed with terrible quarterbacks, Tom Savage. Okay. The whole thing. Great name. Not a good quarterback. And now he goes with Kyler Murray. Well, here's the deal, guys. If you sit down and you bump up Kyler Murray's passing yards and you bump up his attempts, which I think is questionable because they were sort of a run heavy team at the beginning of the year. I mean, they, they run more than you think. And they have Kenyon Drake now, so they weren't dealing with the myriad of running back injuries that they had throughout the year. I don't see him getting the target share that he needs to get there. And Christian Kirk is a legitimate, really strong wide receiver, too. Larry Fitzgerald is still Larry Fitzgerald. So, I mean, he's not dust. He's in great shape, and he's going to demand targets. So I like DeAndre Hopkins as a real NFL player. I think he's a tremendous acquisition, but with a short preseason and does not have time to work with Kyler Murray, I don't see how he's a wide receiver one, and I am not taking him in any of my drafts whatsoever. That's really encouraging to hear because I took him in uh, the second round in my uh, college friends draft the other day 14th <laughs> overall to be exact so i'm glad to, I'm, I'm glad to hear that mike you, <laughs> so I, th- I think it's time to burn my team no the the other one too is uh again say aaron back. jones say aaron jones no 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 no. i like aaron jones i've been on the okay, aaron okay. Jones about aaron jones and if you cut down his receptions his yards and his touchdowns he was still like the rb12 if you cut it down by like 25 25 and 50 percent with the touchdowns i i think he's being very very undervalued but the other one too is Rob Gronkowski. I mean, people realize that he people don't realize he hasn't been in the NFL for, I mean, almost two seasons now. If you want to count it, he was injury prone. He didn't have a great year with with uh, Tom Brady in his last year with Bill Belichick. Now he goes down to Tampa Bay. They're going to play a lot of twelve personnel on the field. Godwin's there. Evans is there. Now Fournette is there. I think OJ Howard could outscore uh, score Rob Gronkowski. So the idea of Rob Gronkowski is going to be a top 12 tight end. If you're thinking that, folks, he's getting eight to 10 touchdowns. That's what you have to think. I just don't see it. And again, I have a lot of outs with the under with him because he could get injured. Yeah, that, that's another guy I took in my draft the other night, but I did, <laughs> I did take him. I did take him late. So I wasn't I wasn't uh, banking on it too much. I think his his like you said, he hasn't played in two years, but I think his floor is he's going to be an average tight end and the upside of, oh, it's Gronk and Brady. Maybe he pops off. Um, but let's get into, we wanted to do some win total over and unders. Uh, Mike, since you're the guest, we'll let you give out your pick first. Uh, first one I'm going to go to, and this is the theme that I've mentioned, is the Bills over nine and a half. I I think the Bills are going to be really good. I think they get off to a, a fantastic start this year with their schedule. This The back end of the schedule is tough. But they've won at least nine games in two of the three seasons with with McDermott. No Tom Brady this year. They've always played New England tough with McDermott. You know, it's close, and then they lose late in the fourth quarter. But they've always battled, have a tremendously strong defense. They were second and sixth in Football Outsiders defensive DOA the past two seasons. And they get after the quarterback as well. Josh Allen, who I love, can scramble. He's got the Konami code, as my friend Rich Rebar says. He can run. He can throw it. I know he's not accurate. But in order to address that, they added Stephon Diggs. John Brown is still there. He had his best career year across the board with Josh Allen. So Josh Allen, obviously, so bad for wide receivers. How did John Brown have career highs? He was in Arizona for a while. So they returned four of their five starters in the offensive line. 
I think they're going to get off to a very strong start. Their first four opponents had a combined 28 and 36 record last year. I would consider this one even up to 10 and a half, guys. So I really like the Bills over nine and a half. I think they're going to win the AFC East and they're going to stop that 11 year reign for the Patriots. Yeah, this is going to be a Bills friendly podcast then because I'm on the same page with you, Mike. I, I love this team. I think, yep. like you said, they bring back a ton of starters offensively. You add the big playmaker, which is kind of the missing piece. Uh, for them offensively, as long as Josh Allen can say complete, I don't know, 65% to 70% of his passes. I, I like what he does on the ground a lot. He ran for over 500 yards last year. I think almost nine touchdowns, I think, on the ground as well. Um, so a lot of options. They lose Frank Gore, which Tyler and I are 49ers fans, so he's near and dear to our heart. But Devin Singletary is a real player, so I'm excited to see what he can do uh, in a bigger role. So I, I'm very much on board with that one. Um, I'll give out uh, a win total I love here, and it seems like it's me and every other uh, square out there. So curious to hear your thoughts on this one, Mike. The Cowboys over nine and a half wins. It's at minus one sixty-five at our uh, partner of of the podcast, Bet Online. So they went eight and eight last year. Um, they lose Jason Garrett, uh, who's kind of it seemed like for about a decade he was on the hot seat and continued to keep his job they bring in Mike McCarthy who at the end of his time in Green Bay I think was was kind of it seemed like he had run his course there but someone who's proven winner before has won a Super Bowl um and and I like this angle with the Cowboys are 0-5 in games last year decided by seven points or less they bring in C.D. Lamb to an already electric offense there they had the second rate ranked uh, offensive DVOA um, they I mean you you look at who they have rolling out you have Dak who's on a franchise tag so I think he's he's playing for that big contract you know he's he's taking notes on this Mahomes contract this Deshaun Watson and I, and I don't think he's necessarily at the same level of those guys maybe a notch below but he has all the weapons in the world to prove it this year um, they play the NFC West and AFC North they get Seattle early week three at Seattle. And again, back to what we spoke about with fans and stadiums, Seattle, no fans is, is a big deal there, especially week three. I doubt they'll have uh, any fans at that point. So I, I love this Cowboys team over nine and a half wins. You'll get the rest of the division. I'm not super bullish on the Eagles, even though it seemed like Doug Peterson always figures out a way and you look at the giants and Redskins. I think that should be at least three to four wins there in those matchups. So Cowboys over nine and a half wins wins is is this too good to be true mike this this public it all kind of makes sense to me but that's typically where you run into issues with nfl betting yeah usually want to fade the public i don't in this one if this was jason garrett again i would be with you uh i'm actually originally a cowboy fan when i was growing up i, I now like to say that i'm team agnostic but when jerry jones <laughs> came in and ruined the team i just said i'm done with this plus it, it helps to be totally non-biased but no i'm big on the cowboys this year i like mike mccarthy there they are loaded. They're loaded on the offensive line. Great back in Zeke. I have Des Dak Prescott as my QB1. I think the offense is going to be great. And listen, they're not in a great division. I mean, I, Washington is not going to be good. The Giants still have defensive struggles there. I think they'll be better, but they, they're going to really struggle with a tough schedule to start the year. And then there's the Eagles, so they have to battle. So the Cowboys have been the class of the division. They've done very well within the division games the last few years. And I think they have the best offense, maybe second best offense in football. So I think it's fine. I get it. You want to be against the public, but the way you're going to lose this is I don't see them going seven and nine. So basically you're telling me the Cowboys are going to go eight and eight, nine and seven uh, under Garrett. It's possible under McCarthy. I don't buy it. I think he's going to bring a lot of positivity there and the offense is going to explode. So I'm fine with it. 
Yeah, it's it's good when we all agree because I, I like the pick as well. I think you know with Garrett, there's just just so much bad coaching over the last few years that it kind of turned everyone sour. You bring in McCarthy, has that experience of winning the Super Bowl, brings some maturity, I think. Also, I think by the end, Garrett kind of lost that team. So I like the Cowboys as well. I, I do think that offense will be loaded. Um, for my pick, another over. Um, and I think I'm playing with fire a little bit on this one. I love the Browns over eight and a half. It's minus 120 on Bet Online. This was the darling team last year going into the season. Everyone was hyping them up. Obviously, they're a huge disappointment. Baker was terrible. Freddie Kitchens out after a year. Odell didn't really work out. But I really like this team going into this year. They have the new coach, Kevin Stefanski, who comes from Minnesota. And I think he's going to bring all the principles he ran with that offense with Kirk Cousins. You know, Kirk Cousins last year had his lowest interception total any season. He started 16 games with only six. He ran the second most 12 personnel, so two tight ends on the field. They brought in Austin Hooper from the Falcons. I think they're going to go run heavy with Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who are, I think, two of the top 10 best running backs in the league. I think they're going to put a lot less pressure on Baker to, you know, win games for them, kind of go run heavy like they did with Cousins. The defense is solid. Um with Miles Garrett returning from suspension, they drafted an offensive lineman in the first round. They brought in Jack Conklin. So I really like the Browns, eight and a half. It sounds crazy to say they've had so much disappointment. They haven't made the playoffs in over 15 years, but I, I really like the Browns over eight and a half. What do you guys think? I'm going to support you on that one also. I think Kareem Hunt could be Alvin Kamara light. They don't have a very deep wide receiving core, and I'm I'm fine with that. I think Nick Chubb could have like a Derrick Henry type year. They're going to control the ball. The defense is improved. I think I love them in the week one. I think it's a great pick in week one going to Baltimore. They actually beat Baltimore last year. I am with you for all the reasons you said. I think it's a classic post-type sleeper, and they don't have to be that much better in order for you to hit this. I agree with everything you're saying. I like the Browns this year. Yeah, I, yeah. I love I love the post-type sleeper move. Just when you, when you look at NFL, it seemed like last year they were everyone's darlings. Freddie Kitchens butchered. It seemed like every single time they got in the red zone, they couldn't figure out a way to score. I loved what Stefanski did with the Vikings offense. They just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, and made it uh, very, very hard for Kirk Cousins to mess up. I think what you said, Tyler, they're going to follow a similar um, kind of outline here, and they have more talent, quite frankly, on the offensive side, and I like what they have on on the defensive end, eight and a half. I mean, it could be their first winning season in forever, but uh, I, I like them. I like them a lot. Yeah, and looking at the schedule, it's fourth easiest if you go off their teams are playing's win percentage from last year. And they play the AFC South and NFC East, which are two of the weaker divisions, I think. So I, th- I think their schedule lines up well. Baker Mayfield's had a quiet offseason, which I think is good for him. Last year, there's a lot of flash. He performs better uh, in that 12 personnel that I mentioned. Nine touchdowns, only three interceptions compared to playing with no tight ends or one tight end. So I think Stefanski is going to bring a lot of concepts that'll work well for him. And I see that team getting to nine, maybe 10 wins. And I think with the extra playoff team as well, I think there's some good value on them making the playoffs as you'll get plus money on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's do a quick rapid fire. Another win total we like here. Michael, I'll start with you. I'm going to go with the Patriots over eight and a half, and that's not against the Bills. I think both teams can be really good. Patriots have won nine games in 19 of the past 20 seasons under Belichick. They now have Cam Newton. 
This was a total that was actually hovering around this level, and now they have Cam. I believe in the defense. I believe in the Patriots. I think they're going to be strong, as are the Bills, which obviously means, guys, that I'm very down on the Dolphins and Jets, but I don't think it's breaking any news here on the podcast. So I have no problem banking on the on a Bill Belichick team that went 11-5 and five with Matt Castle, finding a way to have the former MVP, Cam Newton, and find a way to succeed here. So I'm going to bank on Belichick as well, staying in the AFC East over 8.5, fine with that. Where do you see... Uh kind of crossing over to the fantasy world here. Where do you see Cam ending up as in terms of your fantasy quarterback rankings for this season? He's one of my favorite later round quarterbacks. It's been bizarre, guys. He's one of the guys whose ADP has not adjusted. You know, you see some of these players just shoot up the draft board. Obviously, Leonard Fournette is going to do that now. But then there's some players who are just suppressed. I think it's because quarterback is so deep that people are just not buying it. I have him as a low-end QB1. Uh, I think Tom, I think Cam Newton is going to have a better fantasy season than Tom Brady. How about that? I think Brady is is going to be fine, but I think it's very touchdown dependent. I don't think he's going to be – I don't think they want him throwing the ball all over the place there. And I think Cam is going to have free reign in New England. So I love Cam Newton as a low-end QB1, and, and he's getting drafted, gosh, real late in drafts. So he's he's a great value. Yeah, I think he definitely has, like you said, that great value going super late in the draft. And also the running aspect with him is always an upside. I, I do worry, though, he's maybe past he is past his prime and the injuries have added up. And I know it's just hard to see him in the Patriots offense. They'll tailor an offense around him. But I don't know. I don't I don't love their weapons. So we'll see what happens there. Cody, who do, who do you have for your next uh, team total? Sure. So I think this might be playing with fire because this is someone this is a team that's been hyped i love the cardinals over seven and a half wins uh mike as i said tyler and i are 49er fans cardinals were a, a, a pesky team last year for the 49ers and just generally they showed a lot of ability offensively kyler won rookie of the year as we said they had deandre hopkins Kenyon drake kind of took off the second half of last year um if they can just have like their defense step up somewhat they had uh linebacker Isaiah Simmons from Clemson who I'm I'll admit it admittedly not a huge college football guy but his videos he looks like an unbelievable athlete that really can uh change a defense um so I those those things considered plus uh Mike one of your colleagues Sean Kerner he I saw he posted an article basically like almost like an NFL luck index and looking at uh these different metrics and teams that were notably unlucky last year um and the Arizona Cardinals were at the top of his list. So I like them to bounce back seven and a half wins. You look at uh, their out of division games. They play the AFC and NFC East. I think that's a pretty strong draw. And I, I like them over the Rams. So just looking at those those rosters, I, I do think the Cardinals will be able to surpass the um, um, very bearish on Jared Goff. I, I think you get any pressure on him. He gets happy feet and that's that. Um, so I, I like the Cardinals to win over eight games. I think I think they could steal one against either the 49ers and or Seattle. I think they they will be able to at least split versus the Rams. And I think they're going to do well in these out of division games. So I like the Cardinals over seven and a half wins at their minus one thirty on bet online, Mike. So you're, you're not, not in on Deandre Hopkins, but what are your thoughts on the Cardinals generally here? Yeah, I, it's going to come down to how well the defense plays. I, I just, I'm a little leery. I never understood guys why all of a sudden we love Cliff Kingsbury when he wasn't very successful win loss record in, in college. You know, we I go back to having Steve Spurrier come to the NFL. 
and and you've seen these college coaches make this jump and it hasn't always gone great. So I think a lot of people missed the boat last year. They're just saying, oh, OK, well, here comes Kingsbury. He likes to throw it. So the Cardinals are going to be great. I, I don't know about that. So I think you're banking on having a better defense. I was impressed how they played against San Francisco, because if you're going to do well, you have to certainly do well against teams in your division. So that was encouraging as a barometer. But I, I like that they improved the offensive line. And now Murray has more weapons, but it's going to be the defense for me. If they can show up and get pressure on the quarterback, and you can do that two different ways. You can get pressure on the quarterback like most teams do. You're going to be like Green Bay and have fantastic secondary, however you want to do it. But that's the key to me. But I, I think it will be better. I saw enough in the second half of Arizona that I, I can get on board with that. Yeah, I, th I think it'll be close. I think you bring up a good point, Mike, about Kingsbury. You know, he's a, he's a 500 coach around that, a little over at Texas Tech in the Big 12. Not super impressive. He came in last year. I think they were more competitive than people thought. And I do like Kyler. I think they're going to be around that number. I think I might lean under because I just think the division's tough. I think the Rams will have a little bit of a bounce back year from last year and kind of compete with them. So I think seven is a fair number. And you look at the games they played against the 49ers. Yes, they were close and they almost won both those games. But those were weird spots for the 49ers. One was a Thursday night game in Arizona, which is always tough. And then the next one was a short week for the 49ers coming off that crazy overtime game versus Seattle on Monday night. So it was a little bit of a weird spot, but I, th I think they'll, they'll be around that seven number uh, for mine. I'm going to go with an under. I hope that's okay with you guys because we've only done overs so far, but I'm going to go with the Chargers under seven and a half wins. Um, they won five games last year, so I don't know how this team is getting better. Um, um, their under is plus 120 on butt online, so I do like that as well. Um, Derwin James is already going to be out for most of the year, I think all the year. Um, you know, Mike Williams is going to be out for September. I'm looking at an article on Action Network, and it's saying how they were one of the most unlucky teams. They lost, you know, a lot of one-score games, injury luck. The Chargers lose close games and have injuries every year. I think that's just the way the Chargers draft and are every year I'm not a believer in anthony lynn i think he's going to be on the hot seat and get fired soon tyrod taylor's a nice quarterback but i don't think he's winning you a lot of games so i'm not sure where they're getting three more wins this year compared to last year and you also look at their schedule the afc west is tough um i, I just think they're the worst team in that division so i, I like the under and especially getting plus money on I, I completely agree. The seven and a half, that number makes no sense to me. Um, I think this may be the last year for Anthony Lynn. It seems like it's, I don't know, maybe maybe puts in Justin Herbert and there's a little life there and he can kind of keep going. But I'm, I'm very much also out on this Chargers team. Uh, but, I mean, there always are these teams in the NFL that kind of come out of nowhere. Maybe that's what Vegas is uh, leaning into by this over-under number, but it, head scratchingly high for me as well um but yeah so let's go on let's so real quick let's do um so we'll skip let's skip division let's let's go to some mvp futures here and see uh see what you think mike so the quarterback has won the nfl mvp the last seven years uh since 2001 there's only been three non-quarterbacks that have won mvp all of which have been running backs 
And another interesting tidbit here before we get into our picks. Since 2001, only one player has won MVP without their team winning at least 11 games. So I think we spoke about this last year, Tyler, when we were kind of doing our future show. It's it's essentially got to be a quarterback on a team that you think is going to probably be a top two to three seed within their conference. Um, so just just going off the uh, the futures here on uh, bet online let's real quickly read off the uh, the favorites I think it's essentially Lamar Mahomes and then Dak are the top three but Mike who do you like here for NFL MVP yeah I said this before you hit a lot of them already a quarterback 12 of the past 13 MVPs have been signal callers they got to be on a quality team. Of those 12 quarterbacks, the teams have a combined record of 151 and 31, and I love having the rushing upside. I think Josh Allen hits all those qualifications. Listen, he's 60 to 1. Okay, so last year, Lamar Jackson was 50 to 1. I know he has the accuracy issues, particularly deep ball accuracy issues, but I said he meant he added Diggs, Josh, uh, John Brown. I love Zach Moss. You talked about Singletary. I think they're going to be good. I think he's going to be leading the team, and he can absolutely have like a, a Carson Wentz type season. He can. So I'm all aboard Josh Allen with those odds. You're going to give me those odds? I'll take them any day of the week. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think the odds are good. I'm just I think Josh Allen's good, but I just I don't see him turning into that MVP. I think the rushing is a good angle. Also, you know, pad the stats, but he's 58% completion percentage last year. Wasn't super high in college. Also, he's so erratic. We saw it in that playoff game versus Houston, where you know we had that lateral play um, that was very mind blowing. They blew that 16-0 lead. I'm not. I think the Bills will be good, but I think that's more because of the defense, the run game, the coaching. Uh, I, I get the value pick, but it's it's hard yeah. to it's hard to imagine Josh Allen winning MVP. The it's odds, fair, you the know, odds it's have fair. also uh, come down. It looks like a little bit here. I'm bet online. They're at 20 to one now, so I think it's it's been a bit of a bull market on on Josh Allen Josh Allen MVP futures. I think, listen, I think it's fair, guys. I'm looking for something that's sort of a home run pick that, you know, you look back on it. People would not have taken Carson Wentz that year. He had the running ability. Team was successful. People were not thinking Lamar Jackson at this point. They were saying, oh, he shouldn't even be a quarterback. He should be a wide receiver. I mean, he had a good end of 2018 for the last couple of games. So in the range of outcomes, listen, I, I think it's extreme. But at the odds I got it at, I'll take a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sixty to one is interesting. I I had him marked down as as one I would I would throw a dart at even at twenty to one. The guy I love here uh, for MVP in Vegas is pretty bullish on him as well as Dak at twelve to one. I think I gave him out last year on our podcast as well. I mean he had put together a pretty nice season through for over forty nine hundred yards, thirty touchdowns. We already hit on Dallas um, a bit, but the the offense the rich get richer here. They have an incredible offensive line. You have Z in the backfield you had cd lamb um who fell in the first round of the draft and and we know if the cowboys get off to a good start they're going to be all over espn fox nbc cbs every single week just because they're america's team and and there's not going to be a lack of storylines there as he looks to play for that big contract so i really do like dak at 12 to 1 i I think ideally you find him maybe a little cheaper than that, but I, I think this is a team that's going to be in that 11 plus win range, and and he's he's going to be a big a big piece of it if they are really going to take that next step and win 12 to 13 games, which I don't think is out of the the realm of possibilities for them. So I Dak is my guy this year at at 12 to one. Yeah, I, I think 
the point you bring up that is good also is they're the Cowboys that get so much coverage that if he's playing well, there's there's going to be a lot of hype around that, and he's playing for the contract. So I think he'll come in motivated. A guy I like, um, you brought up the 11-win thing, which is a little tough uh, for my guy that I like, but I like Deshaun Watson at 25-1 to 1 on Bet Online. I think there's you know MVP is all about storyline and I think for him it could be that you know they traded DeAndre Hopkins essentially away for nothing David Johnson I think will have a good year for them but it's such a bizarre trade um, but I, I do like him at 25 to 1 I think he can just carry that team we saw it in that first round playoff game versus the Bills when they look like they're dead he brought them back and he just has a quality about him that he, he could overcome everything that's dysfunctional about that team Bill O'Brien Cody you know this and uh, Mike, I'll give you a little background. I think he's an awful coach. I think he sh- probably should have been fired multiple times because he continues to sabotage that team and his play calling doesn't really make sense to me. Um, so I think he's able to overcome that. And if he's able to carry them to the playoffs this year, um, when they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, it looks like they're going to have a down year. I think that's a good storyline. And a 25-1, to 1, I mean, I, I like him over, you know, on bet online, Josh Allen's 20-1, to 1, Stafford's 20-1. to 1. Rodgers is 22 to one. I just think he's better than these guys. Um, so I think Deshaun Watson has that ability to carry the Texans to the playoffs. And you look at, you know, Mahomes and Lamar who have had so much success guys that have came in the league right around the same time as him. I think he'll be motivated. He just got the contract. So I like Deshaun at 25 to one. If anybody can save Bill O'Brien's job is Deshaun Watson. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. understand that. <laughs> yeah. And they've, Mm-hmm. And they've won the division for the last five years. So they, they have had success, but it feels like that's in spite of Bill O'Brien. So I like him. And you also look at guys around him, Cam Newton, 25 to one, who I think will be pretty good with the Patriots. You know, Carson Wentz, who I'm, I'm not a huge fan of. Drew Locke is 25 to one. I think that's outrageous for him to be that high. So I really like Deshaun Watson, the value you're getting him and some of the guys that are around him as well. Yeah. So Mike, before before we go here, real quick, let's get your uh, your Super Bowl prediction and and maybe future that you're uh, you're taking a flyer on here. Guys, I'm gonna go with the Saints. Uh, they're 37 and 11 over the past three seasons. They won the NFC South each each year, and of course for the legendary pass interference non-call, they could have had two Super Bowls in the past 10 years. They have one of the best defenses in the league, especially against the run, and the offense is still explosive. They have an elite run defense. I mean, they're third and fifth as per football outsiders last two seasons. They got over three sacks a game. They have two solid running backs. And last year, Kamara was hurt. You saw that whole story. They have the second best offensive line per per pro football focus. That's important for Kamara, and that's important for Drew Brees. Brees can absolutely light it up when he has to. You saw him against San Francisco last year. He has no problem every once in a while still dialing up four to five touchdowns. You're getting basically 12 to one value on a team that could be the best in the NFC. Great talent, great coach in Sean Payton. Love the Saints here. They're, they're, they're going all in. They'll find a way to get Kamara in because they know Drew Brees doesn't have a lot of time left. Besides giving Taysom Hill like $20 million, I love the Saints. <laughs> yeah, that, that contract was crazy. Um, but yeah, I think you know what you're going to get with the Saints. The Bucks are very much in the picture now, um, but I think a little... There's a little too much hype there. I think Brady's past his prime. There's a ton of talent there, but it, I, I, the, I mean, there's a reason the Saints are 10 to one and tied with the Niners as the favorites come out of the NFC. Um, I mean, this is a total homer pick, and maybe I'm blind to it, but I like the 49ers at 10 to one. I, I think they're, they're still. 
pretty decent odds here, just given the Chiefs and the Ravens are six. Chiefs are six to one. Ravens are plus six fifty. The Niners were up ten in the fourth quarter. They they add Trent Williams to an offensive line to give Jimmy G a little more support. Year two out of Debo Samuel. They re-sign the guy they had to and George Kittle and make sure that he's happy going into this season. Um and and the defense you lose Buckner, which which is definitely a loss, but luckily they're able to get the first round pick back. You add Javon Kinlaw, who looks like a monster. Um so you always have to be wary of the team that loses the Super Bowl, um, but I, I'm I'm very much in on Shanahan. I think Jimmy G continues to make strides in what's really his second full season as an NFL starting quarterback. I think he gets uh, dragged through the mud a bit um, in in NFL world, but I'm 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 taking the Niners at, at ten to one. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'll obviously support that pick <laughs> as well. The Super Bowl still hurts, but and there has to be some caution with the Super Bowl hangover. But I think, you know, they bring back pretty much their whole team from last year. You swap in Trent Williams for Joe Staley, Kinlaw for Buckner, I think is a little more of a loss, but the defense still should be pretty great. And like you said, Garoppolo's second full year in Shanahan's offense, I think he takes another step. We saw Matt Ryan win MVP his second year with the Falcons. I don't, I don't think Garoppolo is going to do that, but I think he's going to take a big step. They have Jarek McKinnon back also on the offense, so I think he adds another wrinkle. The run game should be good. The, the beginning of their schedule is pretty favorable as well. I think they're going to start at least 5-1, and one. Um, so I, I do think they'll be in contention again. Mike, are we too much of homers, or what do you think about that? I'm not sure about that one, but I will say they have a fantastic schedule to start the year. Jimmy Garoppolo is one of my favorite quarterbacks. If you're going to stream quarterbacks in fantasy, start the year with Jimmy Garoppolo. Especially now, it looks like Debo's going to be back. I love Ayuk. He had a strong camp, a little banged up, but that's fine. George Kittle, to me, is going to be the tight end one. So I'll tell you this. I, I think this, I think the Niners are going to get off to a great start, and I think for fantasy, they have a lot of value there. Great, great to hear that. Cody and I aren't uh, crazy, but I'll give out my my quick uh, Super Bowl team. A little higher odds, but I think maybe some good value. The Steelers, 25 to 1. Big Ben is back. I think that'll give a boost to their offense. Juju really struggled last year with the quarterback play they had. is pretty terrible, but their defense is rock solid. I think TJ Watt for defensive player of the year is an interesting bet. So I think their defense is going to be great. The offense should be back to kind of what we saw a couple of years ago. So I think the Steelers will be good. I think Big Ben is super motivated uh, coming back from that injury. So I like the Steelers as a flyer team, 25 to 1. If they go up against, say, the Bills in the playoffs. I just trust Big Ben more than I would uh, Josh Allen in a playoff game. So I think they have a little bit of that. And Mike Tomlin, he gets criticized a lot, and sometimes it's fair, but I, I do think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. So it's we've got an exciting uh, start of the football season here. It's pretty crazy. It's all, It's already here, but... At long last, we we actually this week there's NFL football. So, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. This was great. Um, we'll see we'll see how our picks age over time here. Um, but where can our listeners follow you on Twitter and check out all your different uh, shows and content? Oh, follow me, guys at Randall Rand. Send the questions anywhere you want. DMs are open. Whatever you need, I'm there for you. And then, of course, Rotoviz mailbag drops on Friday morning, which is fantastic. And Action Network. And last word on pro football. Living the dream, guys. Just trying to grind it out across the board. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, guys. The wait is finally over. Football is back. 
you might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.